What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up, guys? Recently, I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos, and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to ex-professional dancer, now choreographer, Nikki Tro. Nikki tells us a bit about her journey. She tells us what it's like working on shows in these crazy COVID times. And then she also answers some wonderful questions from you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a great time chatting with Nikki. Also, she taught for my awesome mentorship program, which are on Sundays in Birmingham, they won't be happening now until January, but if you're interested in being involved, please hit me up and I can see if it can happen. Uh, yep, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a great time talking to her. Please also let me know who else you want to hear from. Uh, I want to bring you as much content and knowledge as possible. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Here is the one, the only, Nikki Tro. And we're in. Hello. Today I have the incredible Nikki Tro. How Hello. are you? This Thank is you so weird. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever done a podcast before? Uh, no. I've done like things where I've been interviewed a little bit, but not a podcast. No. Oh, okay. Well, welcome. You're yes. episode 127. Jesus, you've been busy. I have been busy. Spe- lockdown did me a massive favor <laughs> for this because everyone had nothing to do for six months. So everyone was available. No one can get out of it. No, no one get out of it. No one can go, I'm busy. <laughs> no one had an excuse. I was like, come on. No one's got an excuse. We've got nothing else to do. I was like, you can even have a drink and just take it as a catch up. No. Come yeah. all the way. <laughs> Quarantine all the way. Um, so how is lockdown 3.0 for you? 
or 2.0? Uh, it's okay, actually. I, I feel like um, it's not, I mean, it is, but I don't feel like it's quite the same as last time, whether that's because we've been there before or mm. things are slightly different. Like the first time, you know, my husband couldn't work, now he can, slightly different in the regulations. My daughter's at school this time. She wasn't last time. So for me, it does feel different. It feels like I can get stuff done. And you're working as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been very lucky. Um, you know, I'm not maybe quite as busy as normally at this time of year, but I have been really, really lucky and I'm really um, grateful for that. Um, so that's been really good. There's been enough to keep, you know, my chin up. Yeah. What What's um <laughs> like work life like with the new way we're living like is it weird being on set and on shows and stuff with like no audiences and yeah although we're all adapting aren't we and that's the great thing about I think performers and uh, choreographers and artists and we are a bit more adaptable anyway our working life is a bit random it you know brilliantly random yeah uh, we never quite know what we're going to get so I think in comparison to a I don't mean this, you know, badly, but a normal person who goes to the same office for 20 years or and isn't used to that and gets their paycheck regularly. I think we cope a bit better with things. I mean, although we are, you know, uh, we've been dealt a bit of a rough one, um, I think. Yeah, but, um, we're definitely bottom of the list on this one. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that's one of the most amazing things about the people in this industry is how resilient we are and, hopefully we will come back next year really strong I'm really positive about next year I think it's going to be amazing because I think everyone's going to want to be entertained and that, then that's what I said we'll be ready. that's yeah. what I said I was like you know as soon as the world goes back to normal although we're bottom of the list now everyone's going to be dying to go and do stuff that we normally provide the <laughs> work for you know yeah I just hope everyone's busy in every single department and yeah proves their worth really um, but for me, it's different. Yeah, like I, I suppose we're getting used to the no audience thing. Uh, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing like a live audience and that reaction. So definitely missing that. Um, and, and just things like when you're in a TV studio, you would maybe have interaction between departments, which really helps talking and um, those things that you mention. Like, oh, yeah, did you, did you, you know, has that costume been? We're all very separate. So whatsapp is our friend and um and when you know there's no hanging around sort of watching for the sake of watching you have to be out if you're not needed and you're in when you need it so yeah it does feel a little bit um i don't like the no audience thing um yeah. we'll never get used to that but i was watching little mix the search the other day and they were performing their song and it was great and i was like it must be so odd to perform it to just a camera it's like yeah. it's like a music video but you're doing it treating it like a live show and to people who have never experienced the difference of two it might yeah. not it might not seem like a big deal but it's such a different energy you know yeah. it's such a different thing I was like but now you're doing a a live performance to no one <laughs> as if yeah. it's just like a music video but you're doing it in a live performance fashion it's so strange I have to say that the dancers on Britain's Got Talent when they had no audience and but as soon as it went into recording they were just brilliant you'd never know from their performances they're brilliant that like their energy their energy that they put into it, it yeah I didn't feel like I was missing it from them they were great yeah. I spoke to James yeah. Bennett I know a little bit about this and I'd like to get your perspective was it difficult 
creating stuff for like the new I guess regulations because James was saying like you know you had to be considerate about keeping dancers not too close to each other for numbers because the regulations did you find that quite difficult because I guess it's against not against everything that we prep you know normally we're like we use each other we like transitions we like bodies and you can't really do that yeah I did find um because we only had 10 so we had numbers cut and a massive stage um and, and so you do feel like that energy that you might create when people pass around each other or they obviously couldn't be that close or um formation wise that you know quick transitions you have to take longer to go you know you can't just zip past someone so there was loads of different things and also just demonstrating you know sometimes you just want to get stuck in there and you feel a bit like oh I just want to show you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so there was a few yeah there's a few moments it was a bit tricky and you feel like is this really imaginative like you know but there's only so much you can do. You're all working, you know, I'm sure the lighting department feel the same. I'm sure pyro, but like there's limits on everyone. So yeah, I guess everyone's in the same there. boat. What yeah. what are the creative meetings like for those things? Creative meetings are normal. Um, yeah, normal. And it's meant it's mentioned, COVID's mentioned, but it's not, it's not um a, a sort of a negative. It's just like, okay, well, with COVID, we'll have to allow more time for that or mm. You know, but they're normal, really. Everyone's trying to push as much as they can and then see where we get pulled back or, you know, but um, we had to do a few performances, um, you know, pre-filmed on a set somewhere and then they would be shown in to the studio if it was a really big group of children or something because you could Mm. just can't take the risk, you know, with people's health. So there was a few ones we had to do remote. But um, yeah, so there was never massive, massive groups of people in the studio to to kind of move around. Cause you know, it's like it's not just what you see on stage. It's like where do you house them? Like, where's the dressing rooms? How do you get that person on and off quickly? Like all that stuff. There's no so, fountain studio, kitchen, dressing room. <laughs> there was no canteen. <laughs> no canteen. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it long gone before COVID, but. Yeah, it's, it, I, I didn't even think of that. Like, I guess, where do you house everyone? Where do all the departments? Yeah, catering. You can't have a you can't have a canteen. So everyone had to have their lunch bag like delivered to each room. Like, so yeah, so it's a massive logistical thing, and you're such a small part of it. You're all just trying to do your best. That's crazy. In the creative side of stuff, do you get asked to like, obviously, consider what? message you're portraying obviously that's part of the journey part of the, the, the what you're doing but like I noticed I don't really watch much tv but we were watching little mix the search because we knew some people on it and I noticed that all the time that like the dancers are on there they always have like some sort of mask on mm. you know like they're wearing a mask for costume and I was like are they doing that because like they're trying to make everyone think that it's kind of okay to wear a mask or cool like do you know what I mean like do you have those things put into your creative like consider this no, well, I think every show is doing it slightly differently. Um, and our, our sort of parameters were the dancers have to wear masks everywhere except when they are dancing full out because obviously mm. breathing and stuff. Um, so we um, didn't have to have masks factored into costumes um, and we tried to keep it all distant and um, all those things, but every show is doing it slightly differently. And some shows want to acknowledge 
that there's a pandemic going on and bring that into it and some shows don't and that's their choice mm. I guess um we just have to sort of work with what they're going with yeah no yeah. definitely well I'm, I'm glad that there's still a forms of entertainment happening yeah, you know like uh, can you imagine how bored everyone would be at home <laughs> that's the thing and you know it's when you actually and I've had conversations with like non-dancer friends and it's only when you say okay take away radio take away Netflix take away all your tv take away everything music you know take away all of that and then what and then they're like wow and I'm like, yeah, because it's all made by freelancers. So mm-hmm. and when, you, when you say how much of it is, then you realise how unfair in certain ways it is. But we've, we're, you know, we're, it's, we've got through the worst of it, I hope. And hopefully in a couple of months, we'll be back to normal. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. We've done well, but I feel like yeah, it's only so much long I can hold out. <laughs> I, know. I, know. <laughs> I I'm going to change my name to like Mr. Zoom like life has become and it's really weird because when I when I first sort of got asked about zooms when it all started happening I was like I really love being in a rehearsal studio with dancers and when I teach and I do teach on the side and um and I just love that interaction you get with people and helping people in the studio and all that stuff so I was really like I just don't know if it's going to be the same I don't know if I'm up for it um also with having a family chances of being uninterrupted for a long period of time is quite slim yes um, so, so I was like oh I don't know and then I did a few and every time I do one and I did one the other uh, the other day and it makes me really um it makes me weirdly emotional <laughs> uh, because um I I just love seeing everyone whether they're on their driveway in their garden in the tiniest little crack of space um, and I know this sounds really like gushy, but I just love seeing everyone going for it. And then it makes me go, oh, God, look at them all going for it. Like even in this year, even when they don't know what's happening, even when they're in their final year at college, all of that stuff. Um, and to see people really trying hard is just, yeah, it makes me really like, oh, God, but how special is it? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know how it feels to be that passionate about something that they will dance on their driveway and rip their knees open because they want to do that person's class. So I'm like, lucky us. Yeah, I feel like we it's really put into perspective how grateful I am to have like a space to go and dance and share. And it's really made me realize how important, I guess kind of where dance come from, right? It's a social, it was a social thing. It didn't yeah. come from people in the studio, it was social. And this has really tested dance and removing the social side of it. You yeah. know? And although it's still fantastic, it made me realize how important the social side is because it is a different energy that you get yeah with people doing it yeah and the feeling you get when you watch something live you can't you know you can't match that but on the other hand I think some people might it might have allowed people to be really focused um you know the going to the class and all the stuff that comes with that when you're in your own room and it's just you in a little square on a screen maybe that makes people really concentrate on the actual dancing and the learning of something and I don't know. I, I'm trying to see. I think there's positives to it. And, mm. and people trying new styles that maybe they were too scared to do in a class for fear of, you know, being judged. So I, I think there's positives coming out of everything. Yeah, for sure. I'm always optimistic about everything. I, I love it. I love it. Um, so I'd love to get into like a bit about your journey and like how you got 
into dance and into the position you're in now? Like, how did dance start for you? Um, what, like it started for many little girls in a village hall, <laughs> around probably. And then my sister went to a dance class um, when she was, I don't know about. So we'd always done like the local village school ballet. And then my sister went to a dance class to do like tap and jazz or something at mm. 12. And I was four years younger than her. And I literally was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. My mum was like, and then I went and I just absolutely loved it. That was it. So, yeah, quite, um, I suppose, a standard story, really. Or, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then I did it all growing up. But um, my mum and dad are really northern and really, um, like, so down to earth. It was very much like, you know, don't get carried away with yourself. Like this, you know, very, they're still like it now. Literally, I go, have you watched, mum, that's on tonight. Have you watched it? She goes, oh, yeah, I'll watch it on Catch Up later. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, thanks. mom, it's quite the a big biggest, The biggest TV show in the country that I've just choreographed. Thanks, yeah. thanks, mum. I'm busy. Yeah. Um, so, I suppose that keeps me really like, I always wanted to do more because I, I didn't really know, I, no one in my family danced. I didn't really know what was going on. So I just was like, I want to do more, more, more. And because I think it was just like, yeah, yeah, all right, come on. It was so no fuss. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't really know until I got to London Studio Centre that I was all right at it, really. <laughs> when did you know that you wanted to do it for a profession? Oh, straight away. But not three, obviously. Yeah. That's a bit ridiculous. But um, as soon as I started sort of doing those classes when I was like eight or nine, I mean, literally straight away. What, what things kind of like inspired you? Because obviously you'd have had to have seen something to know that it was a job or... Oh, I used to beg, beg, because she'd never let me to stay up and watch Fame on a Friday night. Cause there was a TV series for yeah. Fame, which is so ancient. No one will know that. But um, yeah, so I used to beg to watch that. And if I'd been good and promised never to say the words, then I was allowed. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like all stuff, like the classic stuff. Um, and then I used to, on Sundays, watch all the old Hollywood movies um, and just put my mum and dad's records on the whole time and just dance around. So, yeah, I, Janet Jackson, like Michael Jackson. I used to do it in the early days of MTV. I used to get home from school and, like, I remember learning, um, you can't touch this like literally like uh, 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 every night um so all those typical things that we all say but we all loved it didn't we mtv after school is just the best all the new videos get released and pop videos were like massive yeah so, i always say to like the like the generation like the newer generation of dancers like you don't know how easy you've got it and they're like oh you just sound like an old fart saying that and i'm like no no like genuinely like I'd sit in front of the TV to wait for one video that yeah. might not ha that might not come on like yeah. <laughs> you know like saved our life because it's like before that you kind of you saw little snapshots when MTV came you're like yes it's just music videos Ooh, yeah all day and then it'd be yeah. one with no dancing I'd be like I don't want to see this I know, boring. boring yeah yeah so yeah I used to love that um yeah and all the Michael Jackson Janet Jackson you know all those videos Rhythm Nation just well, it's what we learned, it's what we grew up with, isn't it? Indeed. What was Studio Centre like for you? Um, I absolutely loved it. Like, I, um, it it totally brought me out of my shell. I, I think I started and left as different people, really. But um, 
I just remember going to look around and it was like fame. It was well, I always say that. And when you said <laughs> I stayed up to watch fame, I was like, well, perfect. You entered the right place because yeah, Studio Center was, was fame. The old building. In the basement and everyone was always singing and dancing. The building, um, the rooftop. There was a rooftop in the summer we used to go. It was like fame. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking, though, like, I, because I, I was quite um, quiet, believe it or not. And I remember walking in thinking, I'm not sure. Like, so many people here, I'm just not sure, like, just they're such big characters and um but that's why I loved it everyone was so different and then it you could find your place there and it's weird it's weird now when people talk to me about colleges and where they should go and, and I was like you just you have to go and just see where you fit because um for some people going to a really big college makes them scared and they don't they they can't function there and they just think they're one of hundreds or whatever and then other people Need, I think I needed it mm. to be brought out of my shell because you had to sort of go hello at some point. Um, and then other people, I think, suit being at a smaller college, it depends on your but personality. It's nurtured a bit. Yeah, and what you're like. Um, but yeah, I look back now and it was perfect for me. And I've, I'm still like best friends with the girls there. And yeah, I had a brilliant time. That building, it, it did have an energy about it. I remember oh. I auditioned there and I've taught there and I've just used a studio there. And every single time I go back, it always gave me the, like that, oh my God. Like there's it just like an that. energy. There's nothing like it. And <laughs> now I've moved and, you know, obviously the college is great, uh, but the the building is is never going to be like the building. Well, the did. new building's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. But it's, it's not got that like nostalgic kind of like energy to it yeah it's I, I say it's even the same with like all like base is an amazing building and it's a great studio like and i love taking class there but pineapple has always got that nostalgic feeling to me because i guess it's just where we started i yeah. guess i don't know you know maybe it means more to us because it reminds us of a, a better time or i don't know or an yeah, old time. i don't know but i think i think the london studio center building actually looks like that looked like yeah now it does flats, isn't it but um but yeah it was real I loved it I loved how different everyone was and I, I think that's where you sort of start to realize how accepting everything is and not that I wasn't accepted before I was very lucky growing up but I was kind of um you know, like you realize how different you all are and you're like oh my god you get inspired by loads of different people mm. what were some of the things that you struggled with in college like were there things they like you found difficult that you had to overcome or like um, some of the lessons that you were seeing <laughs> singing and that's still a thing for right now um uh, but I did confidence was always my and it still isn't like up and down like uh, you know I just I never really knew what I could do and I just I was always confident when I was dancing and I and I always used to joke I'd rather dance in a pair of pop pants and do a speech I'm still terrible at speeches and my birthday last year was absolutely terrible just can't do it but if it's about dancing and I'm in a room full of dancers and I'm comfortable, I'm happy to take the lead. If you ask me about me, which is why this is that makes me nervous. If you <laughs> ask me about me in a room full of people, then it's terrifying. Yeah. So speaking, singing at college was always terrifying. I'd always be the girl, like if someone was singing, I'd be the girl in the little circular dress dancing around them. Nice. <laughs> always but I was happy with that because I was like no I'm too scared to do anything else so I always struggled with what did you um because in studios did they do it then where in the third year you pick 
like yeah jazz you did jazz co yeah yeah it was a toss-up I was almost contemporary I was literally like that ah um and then the last minute I chose jazz co uh, I feel like not all colleges have that but I do really like that studios did that as an option and I think they probably still do but I yeah. do really like that because it was a bit like instead of putting equal amount of hours into everything let's major in like what you really want to do but you still have to do a little bit of other stuff yeah you still have to do quite a lot of other stuff um and I did the degree course so I had loads of work as well to do um but um it it's more like when you get to the tour at the end of the year and the show that you create then but and and what was so great for me is the choreographers that you work with that I then went on to get some jobs with and you've already sort of started to form these not relationships but they're aware of you or you know they pick you to do your little starter jobs because they've met you doing the show so that really worked for me yeah that's fantastic now what was it like after college like did you go through the the hustle of the the starving artist struggle or did you land on your feet pretty quick I landed on my feet pretty quick to be honest but I or like um (laughs) well I'm just saying yeah yeah. (laughs) but but the 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 hustle thing I've always 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 taught on the side um my dad would have got me a job at seven years old if he could like he's a proper worker northerner every time I came back from college on a holiday he'd be like oh I've got you this job um oh my friend of mine needs someone so I told him that you'd be up for it like literally I had about 15 jobs um so it's good for work ethic yeah. um but uh, yeah so I was always busy doing stuff anyway um but yeah I I was pretty lucky I got a pop video pretty much straight away and and that sort of led on to other things do you remember what video it was yes what was it <laughs> Yeah, Martin McCutcheon, I'm Over You was my first Nice. Day. Yeah, and Very I was nice. mute for the whole shoot because it was all um, girls that I obviously, you know, Suzanne Moll, Shalina, um, Luanne, and I obviously knew those girls were like working all the time in the industry and I was just like, Ugh. and it's my first day at work and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. That's brilliant. Okay, so that's that's interesting that you say you didn't have a clue what you're doing because I I've, I always say, like, you learn so much in college, right? Yeah. Especially you learn all the techniques, you learn all these dances, but there's some things that you just can't learn until you get there. Yeah. And it's that, uh, like, for me, my first big job was uh, Same Difference Tour, and I was with Pete Francis. Oh same Difference. Same Difference, Fiona Florziak and Jeanette Taylor. And they were all 28 and I was 18. I was... I love that you remember their ages and everything. I, well, didn't, I can't remember Fee doing the same difference at all. Yeah, Glenn Ball choreographed it. I was probably living there at the same time. I was still in college and I went and I remember not having an absolute clue. And Jeanette Taylor being like, have you done your presets? I was like, what the hell is a preset? Yeah. Like, I just had no, no idea. I was just like, I just danced. Like, I don't know all this stuff. Yeah. And, and I was so fortunate that I had uh, them three especially those three people because they really guided me and taught me like and what's nice is they kind of let me make mistakes but saved it before it was too wrong and be like this is why you don't do that as opposed to just babying me you know and it was such a learning curve um and I was really fortunate that I had that but on your first experience it was a music video did you 
were you feeling like out of your depth and out of your comfort zone? Um, the dancing part, no, that was fun. I was like learning routine, that was fun. I didn't feel out of my depth with that. It wasn't that difficult. Like, But there was a bit of acting-y bits and I was like, oh my God. Um, and then like the, you know, just staying in your space on a video and not having much space. I'm sure my spacing was a bit like dodgy. I can't remember, but you know, like you're just not used to, the parameters of camera shots and all those things. So I didn't have a clue about that. Um, and, you know, it was like outfits and makeup and car picks you up. And I was all like, Wah! like that. But I mean, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, but yeah, the dancing is such a small part of it, as we know, like being a successful person in the industry, there's so much other stuff that comes with it. Yeah, um, And that stuff you just can't know really. And, and it's really, good when like even now when I'm thinking about who dances on a job like you trying to get that mix of experience but new faces people that will help that you know and there's some people that I just love working with and I know that you know they just do that little uh it's not even a a word to someone they'll just lead in a way by example or oh should we do that like they just guide people a little bit like you were saying and it's really important to get a mixture, I think, of old and new. And, and so then you bring people on as well and let other people have the chance. Yeah. Do you, do you when you take someone onto a job and they're, maybe it's one of their first experiences in that environment, do you feel a little bit more like lenient with them where you're a bit like, oh, I'll, I'll take the pressure off them a little bit because they're figuring it out? Or do you expect them to be um, on it straight away? I, I expect them to take the notes and do the choreography um, you know, I know everyone picks up slightly differently and some people are better in rehearsals and um, and some people take a couple of days and especially if they haven't worked with you, then you have to be human about it because they're not going to zone into the way you work straight away. Mm. Uh, everyone, you know, we all take a little bit of time to get used to someone. Um, but I think now I can tell whether someone's listening and wanting to take notes on board and like trying to you know, and then often you sleep on it, you come back the next day and it's in, isn't it? Anyway, but um, I wouldn't say I'm lenient like that, but I'm lenient as in on set, I might, you know, it's, I don't know about, you know, being ready on time, you might, you might just do an extra little WhatsApp into the group saying, mm. hi guys, just a little reminder, if you know you've got some that haven't done it before and it's in its uh, quick schedule or something like that. So I suppose I, do little things or just remind people of things. But um, choreographically, you just kind of, uh, you know, you hopefully that's why you audition or you know a little bit about the person. It depends what it's for. Mm. There's some jobs where you want to be um, more lenient, but the pressure and the time just doesn't really allow. Yeah. Um, and then there's other jobs where you think, do you know what, this would be a really nice one to get to know someone. And then, you know, so, it depends what the job is, I think. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to put someone into a really stressful situation, you know, if you're not sure. Um, but at the same time, you need to give people chances. So, yes, judging. When... Yeah, how, how deep is too deep? <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. you put them on a job, yeah. It's not nice for anyone if everyone feels really stressed the whole time. So, um, yeah. No, depends for sure. Um, so, in your dance career... Uh, when you were leaving college was there a specific goal that you had in mind like was there something that you were like I have to achieve this thing when I was little growing up every single 
birthday, I used to wish to be a professional dancer. And then it got to, I want to be a professional Like you blew out your candles and that was your wish. Yeah, every single time. That is phenomenal. Was it? Is that phenomenal? I think that's brilliant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, mine was like, I want a dog. Like, <laughs> I want oh, a dog. Okay. No, I, it was literally, I mean, I was I was quite focused, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why it's so good, because it's like, oh, you you knew. <laughs> oh, yeah, every single time. And then I, as I got older, and I was like at studio centre, it was probably, I can't remember, but it was probably, I want to dance on top of the pops. And then I did that, um, like, a couple of months after leaving college. And then I think I had a bit of a, like, oh what now what do I do like because I didn't really know like about tours and this and I didn't really know like I just sort of went with it so I didn't really have this you know some kids now they're so savvy you see them at like 14 and they're getting the right followers on Instagram they do oh we didn't know any of that so I literally just went with the flow um and once I danced on top of pops I was a bit like shit what now um and then obviously you get to know about tours and show other stuff that's going on and then you build up from there. But um, yeah, what did you ask me? <laughs> no, yeah, just did you when you like... Oh, i just gone off on a tangent. No, really. did you have like anything set like that you were like, I have to achieve this? Oh, and then later on, on it's like I want to go on a tour, yeah. Mm. Um, when you, once you'd like left college and you got that first job, what was it? how did you get onto jobs how did you find out about gigs how did you find out about i guess agencies and stuff like that like what was the go-to because now obviously like i say we've got it so easy we just literally look at our little yeah. portable computer and you can find out anything in the entire world like and you can talk to anyone we would never have approached a choreographer whatever we were all like you know you just didn't do that so now everyone's accessible aren't they which is mm. good and bad <laughs> um so i went to the audition for the Martin McCutcheon thing through an agency called EMO, which was Eastman Marley Organization, which was um, Paul Domain was with them at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just left college and EMO had come to my college show and they said, well, why don't you come along? Um, we'll have a look at you and see how you get on in this audition. We think we want to kind of, you know, sign you, go to the audition. So I went to that Martin McCutcheon audition and got it. And then obviously they took me on their books from that. So I had an agent and then um, I went to an audition for Stars in Their Eyes. Yes, I used to <laughs> um, love that show. I know, everyone says that. We sort of like go, ha oh, with a silly little laugh after it. But actually it was brilliant. Like I just it loved great it. great show. And loads of people watched it growing up, I know. And it's just, um, and that was us. So, um, I, so I went to a Stars in Their Eyes audition and then I got that. So then I got on Successes book. And they've been to see my school show as well. So success. Oh, do I they know. still exist? Yes, they do. Yeah. I think I, I signed with them in probably like 2010, something like that. And I don't know, I've, I've probably not heard from them in about five years, but I was like, Yeah, well, Gilbert and Payne success, they're sort of Gilbert and Payne now. They're casting for films sometimes. So well, maybe, maybe I'll email them later. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll have some of that commission. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, you, you sure can. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I had two agents and then obviously things from there, but I, I remember that the first job I did was Martin McCutcheon and then 
I never realised, this is nothing you just wouldn't know. So I did her video and then all the promo for that song, which was like about two, three months worth of promo, because now that doesn't really happen. But we used to do TV show after TV show, you know, and the longer it stayed in the top 10, you go back to the box every week. Yeah. And that was when it paid big bucks too, right? Yeah. Well, big bucks comparatively. Yeah. Comparative to now, but yeah, it was when you get residuals and yeah. I know. Um, and um, so so you do that. But then I never even thought about the fact that um, she might do another song and want the same dancers. So I then happily, when I got a call, asked me to go and audition for Star Sunrise, happily went off, did that. And then when Paul Domain called or the agency called and said, oh, are you free for the next song? I was like, oh, no, I've just taken a Stars and Rise job. And, and then I didn't realise that that would, you know, and then you're in this dilemma. And I, I never knew, you know, I didn't know about would I upset anyone? Would I, should I do that? Should I do that? Like what's cool? What's not? You know, yeah. Not mind, I just don't know. So I just went with it. So then I did that. And then then I think. Obviously, that Stars and Rise contract t- was a little bit longer. So then I had sort of distanced myself from Paul Domain's team. So then I was like, oh, no, now he won't remember me. And, you know, all that stuff that everyone stresses about all the time was mm. exactly the same then. Yeah. The was, was there lots of auditions then? More. It was much more, yeah. Because obviously now they don't exist. Yeah, I know, which which is really hard, actually. And I think... I think we, sh- as choreographers, should try and open up some more opportunities for o- for not maybe open auditions because there's a debate but, on how open you want an open audition. Well, do you um, want to do you want a, a line outside Pineapple all the way through Covent Garden to to Charing Cross? Like, how open are you doing it? Yeah, that's the difference, exactly. isn't it? And also, there has to be a standard of who's yeah, that's true. Audition because we're professionals, so I want professionals there Mm -hmm. but on the other hand I I do think as choreographers we should maybe open up things a little bit more and let people audition a bit more um and that's that's come down to budget and clients as well some clients don't want to spend the money on an audition and and that's their right because it's their job Mm -hmm. um but I I do think we should be a bit keener to hold auditions yeah because I think otherwise how do you how do you get in how do you get in yeah and I, I do think that's something that maybe we should all look at. And that, well, now it's kind of like the the Instagram route, isn't it? Like you make your social media, your online CV, or I guess your online platform, and people are booking yeah. it from that or a recommendation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or recommendation. But I mean, for me, I like it, it's really, you know, I, I do look on Instagram. Everyone does. Mm. Um, but I don't know if I... Certainly for a big job, I don't know if I would book direct off Instagram. I like to know someone's like energy in the room and if if they're gonna fit with me and all the other dancers. You know, I think that's really important as well. And mm. um, so for me, I probably wouldn't just do it off that, but it depends what it's for again. So, um, but I think auditions, yeah, you see you see that person, you see more of them and, and sometimes you just go, I like them and that, mm. and that human and we're all human and it's nice to see people in front of you dancing did you like auditioning um probably not I don't know I I just because I always from my experience like when people get like a bit nervous about auditions and I always I loved them 
I don't know why it was like really? yeah it brought out like it made it kind of feel like a sport yeah. like you know what I mean it made it kind of feel like a football match or like a bit of a a competition but it was never like in a nest like in an aggressive or a nasty way or malicious way it was just like I'm there in a room full of other men and we're all gonna do the best we can and support each other yeah and it felt like a bit like a a competition so I really thrived in it but a lot of people always be like oh no I don't like auditions and I I I never really I guess I understand why but it's just strange because I love them yeah I I mean I don't I didn't mind them I think as I got older I got more nervous because I think there's that whole thing of when you're working more then there's more expectation on yourself I, I think I was quite hard on myself like the you know and it's always the ones that you you're not prepared for or don't think about that you end up getting and the ones that you overthink you don't and all that you know still now like with jobs and as a choreographer pitching it's the same thing sometimes you just think I really wanted that one and you put so much pressure on yourself that you don't get it and then the other ones that you're like oh yeah I just send that in and then you, you get it like you know it's the same um I didn't mind them I like you I liked it's exciting being in a room and all dancing towards a goal. That's good. Um, I think the ones I didn't like were maybe, and there was more of them then as well than there is now, is the kind of audition where you'd have to turn up in a bikini and it's it's a bit more, um, you know, kinder to women now, I suppose. You know, yeah. um, there was a lot of stuff where it was based on literally your body and how you looked and and I think it still is but I don't think it's quite as brutal. yeah brutal harsh I was gonna go yeah, yeah yeah like you know well that's what you've got that's up. what you've got headshots for yeah and just lining up in a bikini and a pair of heels and feeling a bit like a piece of meat you know I hope those days aren't as common as they were yeah I can't um, say I've ever done it but no. I mean it might be a good Good look for you. You never know. I'm well up for trying. I'm open-minded person. Um, <laughs> no, definitely. I, I do miss auditions. I, I do feel like it's it, they're very character building. They are very character building. And also you have to, you have to be a bit tough. You have to be able to pick yourself up again. You do. And, and I suppose, you know, people know that anyway, but I think auditions, you do have to, you know, go and get your bag <laughs> uh, when you, when they say no. And that's like, you know, That'll toughen you up. Yeah, it's it's a horrible toughen up. It's a horrible lesson. Yeah. But it's I think everyone needs a no. Yeah. You know, it makes you appreciate a yes. Makes you better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then what kind of made you decide I want to go into choreography? Um, well, I always, always like was making dances up like when I was little, like right away through. I loved it, but I never again, I never thought about it as a career like I never had a big game plan at all and um and I just was asked to assist more and more like in the latter part of my career and 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 I loved it and I've always had like quite a brain for picking up things quick um I don't know if it's still there now but it was um and um and then I was just assisting quite a few different people um and then I suppose the real sort of turning point was when I was <clears throat> uh, doing stuff with Kylie and we were, I'd done quite a few tours with her and we were doing some promo and it was a, an American choreographer, Tony Tester, who obviously is based in America, who is incredible as well. Incredible. Um, yeah, insane. And um, 
they needed someone to overhear to oversee all the promo in Europe and the UK but I was sort of dancing in it and then trying to look at stuff and and then I think they just one day were like look we need someone that can do sort of take care of stuff or be in it what you know do you want to what do you want to do and I was kind of like now I don't I don't look back now and I realized that was quite a big moment but at the time I just went yeah okay I'll do it I mean you know and that was the first sort of, I assisted a lot and you know um had been with that team a long time so I just kind of went yeah fine um and then I sort of didn't realize that would mean I did realize obviously but I danced less from that point onwards mm. um so and that uh, but you know by just going yeah yeah great I'll do it <laughs> like that sort of set me up for other stuff then yeah <clears throat> when I get asked this a lot uh people like I want to be a choreographer when I'm older you know or I want to go into choreography and they go how do I do it and I'm like I'm always like, I can't tell you an answer because I've never done it but I know how multiple different people have made that happen <clears throat> what, what advice would you have for someone who's wants to break into being a choreographer well I think there's different ways now I think um uh, and and you know either way is is whatever floats your boat like you know it's not my place to say which way anyone should do things but um for me I I respect and I appreciate people that have had a long career as a dancer and and um, worked in most scenarios with different groups of people with you know and and being that person that people um rather than someone who's just trendy for a sec trendy I'm not sure I've ever said that but maybe I have um <laughs> but just like you know that there's always flavor of the month and there's always new styles and there's always things but being that one of those people in the room that are as as not a steady because that's the wrong word and it seems like I'm doing them down but a a really solid really great professional dancer all round and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I know as a choreographer, I look to those people and know that they have your back and have a good, great attitude and, and work really hard. And, you know, those people, mm. it's often those people that then start assisting that then go into choreography. But I, I think people are better choreographers if they have seen it at every level. Um, so you've been the dance captain, you've been the assistant. And because being an assistant and a dance captain is a really hard job. And most of the time you're correcting your friends and then you're socializing with them. And I think the people skills that you learn doing all that stuff stands you in good stead for when you're a choreographer. So I think it's good to have done all those levels and don't try and shortcut things. Uh, occasionally, you know, there's always exceptions and everyone does it their own way. But I think the longevity of that is that sometimes it might feel like it's a slower process but I think people ultimately might trust you more mm. and and for me it's really important to I want to it was always like if I was going to do it, I wasn't that personality that was like I'm really confident I'm great like it was a slow burn and I, I never feel like I know anything and I feel like I've got so much more to learn still and um you know it, 
with calling yourself whatever you want to label yourself as it doesn't really matter I hate labels I don't I don't think it matters what you call yourself but I think it matters what you know and how you treat people and what your you know that you've had a well-rounded sort of uh what's the word knowledge of things really mm. um, yeah. and been in situations where it's gone wrong or been in situations where you know as an assistant you've had to pick it up for the choreographer who's gone or you know like all those situations I mean I've been put in some situations that I look back now and I think that was so out of my depth how did I cope with that I look back now and I think yeah but the fact that I was put out of my comfort zone meant that I had to kind of figure it out yeah. um, so I think that's a really long answer no no I, I like it <laughs> I don't know uh, if it makes sense but I think you know for me it's like a, this learning and it's not just learning about how to be on a shoot is is the etiquette and about people and yeah, yeah. And you'll make mistakes all the time because so. I think I think when people say I want to be a choreographer in their head uh, in, unless obviously like you said they, they've had a quite a good experience of, yeah. in the dance world but they just think that means making up moves or making yeah. up steps. I mean, we would love to just turn up and do some steps uh, and go, and go this is the steps I'm out <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's far more depth than that. Yeah, there's so much more to it with with clients and and your email style and and your acceptance when it's not going how you want it and all that things teach you so much. So I don't know. I would say just know what it entails and learn from people, even if you think those people, you know, because we have this thing and I think it's a really. Um, it goes. God, this is really going on. Sorry. Yeah, um, but we have this thing in this in this industry I think where we're always looking for the next cool thing and we don't always appreciate what's come before us and um and I and I think I probably went through a stage like that in my late mid to late 20s where you want to be like doing what's now and you know this is the cool thing to do but it's actually like you have to look to what's gone before you and how people you know because there's some incredible people that have that you will have learned from that you might not realize at the time that you're learning from mm. and um they teach you so much that then you'll go, you know, and even the people that maybe I look back and think, oh, I didn't like the way they worked. I still learned loads from them. Yeah. And that I, I think is definitely fact. And I can say that on my experience. Like mm. if I think back to me at 24, 25, I, and I think of me now, although I'm the same human, I go, you think back and you go, damn, I would have handled things differently. Now. Yeah. You know, oh. but you're 25 and you're like, <clears throat> I want to do everything. I want to be the cool one because it's ego is you yeah. know you're in this incredible environment and world where there's tv cameras on you and you're surrounded by famous people and like you kind of get you get yeah it is brilliant and now yeah. I look back and I go oh you were really young and stupid you know like it was great I think most dancers get to 30 33 34 and look back and think oh that was the year that I was a bit of a wally yeah oh I've had that already I look back and I go yeah I look back and I go oh that was a that was a dumb year yeah but then I think everyone would do that in every job they didn't yeah. handle that right they didn't, no one's gonna do that all the time I look back and think oh six months ago I could have reacted to that differently like as know. a as a choreographer what have you found the most difficult part or I guess it could be now or it could have been at the beginning when you started it what do you find the most difficult about it I suppose the, the, the 
I don't know, really. I think maybe the time, because in an ideal world, you'd have a lot of time to prep and a lot of time to, um, yeah, and, and sometimes you just don't and you have to, but that's a skill in itself and you have to go, okay, well, that's, that job isn't that. And mm. that's why I'm skilled at that as well, because then, you know, you have to learn to sort of swim in those con conditions, if mm. that makes any sense. But um, so I suppose time, because sometimes you think if I only had that extra couple of hours, oh, I could have, you know, um, but time is money. It's the same the whole world over, like, and and with that uh, time being the issue comes pressure, you know, yeah. like, and then it's pressure from the client to the choreographer, from the choreographer sometimes to the dancers, yeah. you know, and it's a, it's a, those things, which I guess when you're just a dancer, and I don't mean that in a horrible way, but when you're yeah. just the dancer, you're thinking about what your role is and only your role. Yeah. And I always think that I never thought about the pressure that the people above me are on. I never did either. Yeah, I never ever considered that, and now I look at it and go, ah, so that day where shit hit the fan and everyone was stressed and losing their mind, it wasn't because the dancers were crap or the choreographer no. being an ass. It's coming from above because they've had eighteen different directions on that day, yeah. or you know, all the things where I guess you don't know until you know. <laughs> like yeah, exactly, there's so much goes on that you just don't know, and until you're in that position and you experience it yourself, you never will. And but that's the same for everything. It's like childbirth. It's like everything. Until mm. you know, you don't know, do you? So yeah. you just have do, to you, do you have a, a favorite moment in your career as a dancer or a choreographer that really stands out? Where you're like, this is this was this was my birthday wish. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a few. There's a few. Like, um, and there might even be really like small moments that maybe wouldn't, but just being part of the team or the friendships that I've made or different things. Um, I would definitely say um, being part of the Kylie setup and and teaching her one on one was great like you know obviously but there's moments as a dancer like on tours and stuff that I just even just one night that maybe wasn't even the the big opening night or the big London night or the whatever you know maybe you're in somewhere really random in the middle of the world and you just look across and you all have a little moment together or it's just that stuff that I remember mm. and um One Direction at Madison Square Gardens definitely nice that was a good one. Yeah. I can imagine that was a great one. Yeah. There's something about the thought of Madison Square Garden. I know. And, I, and again, when it was happening, I just didn't really take it in. It's only when you look back. But I mean, my ears took it in. Yeah. Screaming. Do you, do you find that when you're on a job or you're in a, on a show or whatever, and you're so in the moment, as in you're in it and you're thinking about what's happening, that you yeah. don't give yourself any time to appreciate it? Because I always look back at it and go, that was cool. Wish I spent more time being like uh, yeah. exorbing the energy and the, the situation I was in more than this was the steps. These are the steps. Got to do this. Like I'm so yeah. focused on doing my job that I lose everything else, which is incredible around it. Yeah, I, I am guilty of that quite a lot of the time. But I have got moments where I've made myself go, no, no, this is this is a moment. You need to take that in. Mm. Um so yeah, I I have done it, but I yeah, I do 
just you're just so engrossed in it all and it's so busy and it's not until and even it won't be like a couple of weeks after it'll be like a couple of years after I'll go oh my god I can't believe I did that mm. you know but I don't know if anyone if they're honest is really good at that the whole time no especially if we're really focused on what we're doing as opposed to where we are yeah yeah um, I have some questions for you if that's oh, okay god. written in so I have what do you look for in dancers in your auditions? Which is great because they don't exist. But when they do. <laughs> I they will. Um, uh, I, know, well, I notice everything. Like everything. Um, so the way you walk in a room, the way you, if you're on your phone, how polite you are to everyone else. Um, and that's even before you've even started dancing. Um, uh, the, when the formations, if someone can't stand in that formation, drive you nuts absolutely nuts um you know like when it's like the the 13th group and you're like no move move forward move forward please You've just watch 12 other groups do this that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um uh and then the dancing wise i like uh, in girls i like girls that can dance hard but also look amazing in a pair of heels so i think it's it's that going back to labels thing i think now there's so many classes where it's like it's this or it's this or it's this, and I was like, I want, especially from female dancers, I want them to be everything, because I think if you can get down and dance really hard next to guys and then do that as well, that's for me the complete sort of dancer. And there's also that thing of, my other thing is keeping on the counts, all the details, obviously everyone wants that, but then there's something like, there's just this something that you're like, Oh, I love the way you do that. And you've not really done it any differently, but something about you is doing it that's fab. I don't know, it's really hard and it's so rare and it's really hard. Um, but when you get one like that, you just get really excited. So um, what do you recommend for people who don't live in London who want to become a prof- or get themselves into the professional world? Oh, okay. Well, at the moment, it doesn't really matter where you live, does it? Because it's all on no. Zoom. Um, I would say um, just try and train with as many different people as possible, be versatile. And when I say train as many different people as possible, I don't mean styles of hip hop. It's like contemporary, it's ballet, it's jazz, it's tap, it's partner work, it's hip hop, it's lock-in, it's everything. Because I think the more versatile you are, the longer you'll last. Mm. And, And then I would say, don't worry about living in London yet. Like, wait till you're booking regular jobs and then move down yeah you know, I feel like the the thing used to be didn't it like you have to move to London yeah like, it did. Be- yeah. because we that was the only way you would network or meet people or people see you and you see them would be like yeah. in class or an audition because they were the only ways but now again we have these beautiful devices which do everything it's not so necessary to be there because you know when you need to travel into yeah you'll make you'll something or when when might be that one time where you need to stay on your friend's couch and get the coach down for a few days or whenever. So I'd say, don't worry about it too much, but you, I don't know, you can access things. Also Manchester's got a bit of a scene going on, hasn't it? Like now it has. Yeah. So there's other places, it may, you know. I think up North now is going to take over. You think what, sorry? Up, up North might start taking over. Oh, controversial i know i mean i don't want it to but i'm not up north yeah. I, th- I think I it might manchester. yeah i'll be up for day trips to manchester 
production are probably like, oh, it's a bit cheaper up here for us to do stuff. Oh, yeah, Telford and all that, yeah. You know? Um, I have, how does someone decide the right improv to get attention? Hmm. Oh, it's so hard. Um, it's really hard. And I talk about this a lot in classes. It's obviously, it's quite an important part of auditions and, and stuff now. But um, I don't know if, I mean, I never used to do improv to get attention. It's a weird thing. And each choreographer likes different things. You know, I remember when I sat on the panel with Brian Friedman and um, he loves it if someone gets on the desk and starts in the splits or whatever. And I'm a bit like, oh, oh, I'm just so British about it. But um, but on the other hand, like, like <laughs> you're so right about Brian's one though. So right. Someone does something outrageous and he's like, yes. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh God, this is really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think know your strengths and don't just do what you think you should do and you see other people doing, like know what you're good at, know what your body looks like when it's doing that and um, get attention by being just really great musical, like musicality for me is a massive thing. Um, and then throwing the odd thing. But I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have tricks. I never had tricks, um, but you just, you have a couple of things that you think, okay, I can do that. And then I always say to people, like, when I'm teaching, I'm like, there will be that day where you go and freestyle and you do a cartwheel or something horrendous. And it comes out and you, like, go, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that in front of a room full of 50 people. It's absolutely horrendous. Then you go home, have a glass of wine, talk to your friend about it, get over it. It's, it's happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's, not, it's not that important but um and if it goes wrong it goes wrong and then there'll be days where you nail it and it goes right and that's what improv is isn't it like it's a bit hit and miss and i would i would do it have a few little tools up your sleeve and know what you look good doing but i don't know i'm i'm not that person who's like do it for attention because mm. sometimes as well i'm not looking obviously if you can flip and trick i mean go for it like do whatever you're good at but um also I would just there's there's a lot to be said for being that really strong dancer that just in an audition nails the routine and then has got quite good freestyle but maybe they're not pulling out a back fit but they're still really good yeah I feel like there's this misconception about like when people have to freestyle in an audition mm -hmm. that they have to do all this outrageous incredible stuff yeah but sometimes it's not what you do it's when you do it yeah because like, I always used to find that I was never the best tricker but I was good. I could do stuff. And what yeah. I used to find is like, say you do it twice. Everyone on that first go is the first line or wherever you are, yeah. is going to do all their tricks. So on that one, I would never do it. Cause what's the point in 18 of us doing back? Yeah, wait till you swap down and do it right like, in their face. And then when they don't want to do it again, cause they're all tired, then yeah. I'll do mine, you know, and you, you find those moments to stand out. Or if you're back far right and you've got no space, maybe save it until they can really see you. Exactly. You know, there's, lots of things which I think people go what or when do I do this in my in my freestyle for an audition what, what do I do and it's like it's not so much what you do you know what I mean it's like when mm. you do it's about being smart of doing it because if no one can see you do it it doesn't matter what you do yeah and also there will be those days where you totally nail it and you just won't be someone's <laughs> you're the wrong height, you're the wrong height. <laughs> yeah you're... you know what I mean yeah. you might be absolutely brilliant and and for some reason it just doesn't hit that day and that's the thing we can't control that always like human reaction is 
is what it is. And mm. sometimes in auditions where I just go, I just really like that person. And I have no idea yeah. why I've just warmed to that person rather than the other girl that's standing next to her. But I just have. Yeah. And it happened, I've said it on here before. Um, it happened to me at an Usher audition. Uh, I was like, wow, auditioning. I was, I was like I've got this you know you're like you I was so confident it was like there was and it was nuts so there was a Lady Gaga audition and an Usher audition at the same time in the same like lot in LA and you're like you cannot you have to basically choose which one you're going for yeah because they were both at the same time you know that you're going to be there for hours so you're not going to do both so which one so I was like okay Usher it is yeah ready I'm like I've listened to the musicality like I'm hearing them do it inside I'm like I'm ready go in do it and I happen to go in with the group where there's three people who have already done the job and they're all on the other side of the group of eight. So straight away, the choreographers for the beginning to end, look at their friends and the people they yeah. know, yeah. you know? And I remember being like, what? Like I did it. I felt like I did a great job, but I was like, what was the chances that out of 500 people or whatever is here, that three people who've done this job and know them or at the other side of the room. Yeah. So of course they're going to watch them. You know, sometimes it's just, the odds that you're in and it's out of your control yeah totally or, or you just you've gone into an audition and you're auditioning and then the artist walks in and she's like five foot one and you're like okay well clearly she's not going to have giant dancers around her so she'll have the short girls and you've just busted it for three hours like yeah just, day, you, know, you know you can't always so when you get questions like that you're kind of like this is it in theory but it's not always going to work out like that yeah the answer is always what if like yeah. you know um, I have, what UK choreographers do you recommend for heels technique training? Oh, which is me. good. I like that. That's quite specific. Mm. Yeah, but if I don't name someone, then like, what right. what happens to me? Well, nothing. I don't know. There's no reper- there's no repercussions. <laughs> ah, um, I guess. I guess I, I would like to put a spin on this. I would like to change it slightly to yes. heels technique training that is going to benefit you in the dance industry oh okay yeah well, so we can sp- specify it a bit okay so first of all from where I always go from is like these people that are teaching me what how what's their experience so then I would look to the people that are very accomplished doing heels work and have done loads of work in the industry have I got out of saying exactly who? Yeah, but that's a great answer. Uh, you know, I, would just, I would just look to the people that I admire and who have got great careers and there's loads of really great women choreographers um, and dancers that have had really lovely careers and are still having them. And yeah, I would go to theirs. Yeah, that would be mine too. I would yeah. say find the people who are doing the thing that you want to do. And yeah, for them. totally. Yeah. You know? um, what what's the movement quality you look for when hiring a dancer nice nice um i i think i've answered that with my really long answer before as in yes. like someone that hits something really hard but i still like all the softness and the femininity mm. but i think you just have to be both yeah i agree uh what would you say the most fashionable stylish appropriate attire for female dancers to wear at an open audition would be should it be colored bright or yeah or something else um well i again i think we kind of answered this it's like you have to know what suits your body like 
there's certain aspects, you know, and what makes you feel confident? You'll never get me in a pair of white jeans ever because I'd feel horrendous in them. So I wouldn't wear them. So I want to go into a room feeling really good about myself. So however that first start off with that. And then I would say, know what suits your body. I, I mean, black always looks sleek and good. But then if you're in like a hip hoppy audition, then and you've got long skinny arms, then you might want to put a hoodie on. Like, you know, like whatever helps you be really good but also feel really good I think it's really important I think yeah. some people just go oh that's fashionable that's what all dancers are the worst culprits for following trends like if one person reads a book we all have to read that book if one person's wearing that we all go out and buy that mm. and actually know what suits you and that comes with age and knowing like having the confidence to go no do you know what this is me um but I think know what suits you a little bit more and I think know who you're auditioning for, right? Because like yeah. I know if you audition for like uh, Rudai, something for Rudai, they're gonna want you in something colourful. I know oh, if you're auditioning, yeah. if you want, if you're auditioning for Brian, he's gonna want you in all black. Yeah, you know, I so mean, I th- all black always looks quite good. To be yeah. fair, it's that's my day to day attire. <laughs> it's just all well, black. In mine, generally as well. Yeah, I'm, my answer is always I've got ginger hair, so there's enough colour going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm limited for other colour choices. No, that's not true. I reckon rock it however you want. There's too many clashes. Um, what inspires your choreographic movement? Nice. Um, good question. And again, that goes to what job I am on. Um, you know, in some jobs, you don't you don't always get to choose what movement you really, you know, it, it will be what it is. And... Uh, you can overcomplicate it or not sort of thing um, and then other jobs you get to really create stuff and that's beautiful um so I think I would always be inspired by Fosse I would always be inspired by um nice lines of things um and femininity if it's a girl's thing um there's you know, getting your angles right and all those things. I think Bob Fosse, I think there's contemporary choreographers who I absolutely love. Um, there's a artist called Yuri Killian, whose stuff is beautiful. Um, Raphael Bonicella, who I worked with um, years and years ago, who I think is incredible. Um, and then like people like Tony Tester inspire me and those people inspire me, you know, different things I think that you can find it everywhere um so but am I allowed to do that all the time no (laughs) so you know it depends I think I like strong clean movement for tv it it works on television um uh, and then you hope that you can vary up with different projects that um people might trust you to do that are different styles as well when you get uh, a brief or a song or uh, this is your creative Um, if that doesn't inspire you or if you're really struggling to create something or you know you get those days where no matter how many times you try and make up a number to this song you never you don't like it do you do you have a a a go-to method to get through it or do you just go it is what it is that's gonna have to do um I've never go that's what um that's that's what I have to do um music is a massive thing like often if the track like the music inspires you then you're like okay we're we're good the music it's easy if you like the song right yeah 
Um, so the music is the thing sometimes rather than the brief, because mm. I think that's my job to interpret the brief and make it good. That's my job. So um, it's not necessarily the brief, it's, it's the music sometimes. You're like, oh, I just hate the song. Um, but then what I've learned is that I remember I was on a job once and there was a one song and I hate the song. And I remember saying to the musical director, oh God, I'm really, I'm going to leave this one till last because I just can't, can't find my place with that. And then it ended up, and um, it's not me, other people were like, oh, that's the best routine of the whole show, blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes when you fight for the ones that don't come easily, they end up really good. Yeah. And some of the ones you think, oh, love that. That's going to be a breeze. That's right up my street. You watch them and you think, oh, not sure about it now. Mm. So I think it changes, but I think music is the thing rather than the brief, because I see that as my job to interpret it and, and get it, you know, good. Yeah. But I can't, if the music's set and you're like, kind of like, okay, I've got to find a way with this. I, I had a choreographer from LA on here named Sienna Loins, and I asked her, I was like, you know, as a choreographer, what's the, the most difficult thing you come to? And she's like, having to choreograph for something that doesn't inspire me. Yeah. If I don't like the music. And I said the same thing. Well, what do you do to overcome it? And she said, I, and it's brilliant and I've stole it. She went, I find a song that I like that is the same BPM. And I start creating to the other song. And then when I do it, the same choreography to that song, then I adapt things to make it fit. Yeah, that's, that. yeah. I've and done I it like, a different version. I've done it to like say if they've done a new version, I've, and I've found the like original like version. I've done that before and then adapted it. But also, I look to the dancers as well, like for inspiration, because sometimes you know, and that's what what you book talented dancers for. Sometimes they'll just do something in a slightly different way, and you're like, no, that that's what I want. Mm. And and you've kind of had an idea, and then they'll they'll do it just in their body will move a different way to yours and then that's inspiring then you kind of sometimes have a little breakthrough and you go oh okay let's go on this tap now like yeah. so dancers are inspiring yeah I agree great answer I like it um my last question which I ask everyone mm. uh if aliens came down <laughs> with a gun and said I'm gonna zap you and give you all covid <laughs> or well, yeah, this might and anything could happen uh you have to give me one one person to represent dance for your oh planet earth Who would actually it be? answer this yeah oh i hate this question Kane. um first of all i don't believe in aliens okay just, um right, just, uh, okay ones from another place okay someone who represents dance for me yeah can be anyone could be an artist, could be past, present, anything. Uh, God, people can't see me on this. Um, I don't know if I've got one. Come on, got, who, who's your biggest dance inspiration? Then it's surely it would be that, right? No, because there's all different ones. I'm a funny little one that likes all different things. Um, okay, can I have two? Yes, of course. Um, Michael Jackson mm -hmm. and Martha Graham. Nice. I'm not mad at that at all. Okay, good. That's great answers. I mean, and very, no very different as well. That's why I like it. 
Yeah, because that's, yeah. Was that I why you were torn? Yeah, really torn. It, it does <laughs> feel like... more as well. It does, yeah. yeah, it does feel like the answer is like, I always feel like someone's going to be upset. <laughs> someone's not going to like the answer. Yeah, exactly. No, that was brilliant. Um, Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, I feel like I was scared to talk and then I talked a lot. So sorry. I, everyone is always a bit like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm like, don't be nervous. It's fine. Yeah, I just, yeah. It's pretty chill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is chilled. Yeah. You're in your kitchen. I know I am, yeah. Like, you know, can't get more chilled than that. Or in your lounge. Yeah, or, or my <laughs> lounge. Um, yeah, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And thank you for teaching for the mentorship program on the weekend. It oh, really pleasure. Really good. And please take care. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Ken. Amazing. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, Lewis Hamilton headset. Bye, Lewis. <laughs> Bye. I'm Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane.